Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, November 5th. Today on the show, we preview Kentucky and Tennessee as styles make fights in Lexington. A Nashville native will try to shock the world. Captain Dax McCarty will preview Decision Day for Nashville SC on Sunday. The Preds and Grizzlies are in action this weekend as well, but we begin, of course, with the Tennessee Titans injury report and what fans should expect to happen on Sunday evening against the Rams. If you live in Nashville and you own a home, then you need to know the name The Kingston Group. They've been doing work in this market for a decade on people's houses, making people money and making them happy because they are trustworthy and they know what they're doing. That's it. It's not more complicated than that. BuildKG.com is the website. The Kingston Group. Give them a call. Have a conversation. You will be better for it, and I promise you that. I give you my word. That's The Kingston Group. BuildKG.com. Before we get into the Titans and Rams preview on Sunday Night Football, let's take a look at the injury report for the week. Jeffrey Simmons, Rashawn Evans, Chris Jackson, Greg Maben, Nate Davis, and Kari Blossom game all did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Kendall Lamb and T.R. Tart were limited participants on Wednesday and both returned to full participation on Thursday. Bud Dupree and Julio Jones were limited participants on both Wednesday and Thursday, and that means there's a good chance that Julio Jones gives it a go on Sunday evening. Safety Dane Cruikshank was a full participant on both Wednesday and Thursday. Harold Landry, Taylor Lewan, and Monty Rice were all limited participants on Thursday after being full participants on Wednesday. Needless to say, if Julio Jones is back in the lineup and healthy and able to contribute, it certainly would take a lot of pressure off of that newly formed running back group of Adrian Peterson, Dante Foreman, and Jeremy McNichols, and it certainly would help Ryan Tannehill in the passing game. The strange and cool thing about the NFL is that it is designed to be communist, or at the very least, socialist. Not just in its financial layout and structure of revenue sharing and salary caps, but even in its week-to-week outcomes. The entire point of the sport is to create as evenly matched 32 teams as possible so that they can create 16 amazing sellable commodities each weekend. This is what keeps teams from going undefeated, and it's what mostly keeps teams in check when they start to go on runs, both good or bad. And I feel like this Titans team is due, and not in a good way. Considering all the bad news surrounding Derrick Henry this week, I do understand that Titans fans might think that they're actually owed one from the football gods. And on the injury front, that's probably true. This team has dealt with so much in the first half from an injury standpoint that they deserve, and statistically speaking, are likely to have a far healthier second half. But that's not how on-the-field outcomes work. Generally, this league humbles you, and it humbles you quickly especially if you've had things go your way, like a fourth-quarter goal line stop against the best team in the league or two overtime wins off of huge plays or a near-perfect performance at exactly the right time against the Kansas City Chiefs offense. It's simply a hard pace to maintain, even for the best teams in the league. This is all a very long setup for me trying to prepare Titans fans to be ready for a major swing of the pendulum this weekend against the Rams. Not only are the Titans now missing their most important piece on offense, but they are playing on the road against what is arguably the best defensive front in the NFL. Matt Stafford and his collection of weapons are a terrible matchup for the Titans' secondary. The Titans' rushing attack is now breaking in not one but two new pieces, and who knows how much Julio Jones can contribute. This team is due for a bad week, and the Rams are used to delivering bad weeks. So my preseason pick to win the Super Bowl, the Rams, who somehow continue to add talented weapons by acquiring Von Miller this weekend, are likely going to curb stomp this Titans team. 
anything else, a close loss in which this team gets used to playing without Henry, for example, to me is actually a success. This is an exhibition in my mind. Any success is house money. And I get it, this may sound defeatist or unsportsmanlike, but I just don't view it as that big of a deal if this Titans team loses to the Rams. It's one loss in a 17-game season, the week after losing your best player, against an elite team on the road after a bunch of great wins. I mean, it sucks to be on national television and everything, but that's irrelevant to seeding in the AFC. There are ups and there are downs in the NFL, even for the best teams when they're fully healthy. So it shouldn't be a surprise that this weekend could be a down for this Titans team that is emotionally drained at the moment. It's literally how this league has been designed. It's the opposite of the NBA or college football where there is no parity at all. This sport, the NFL, is designed to humble even the best teams, and I think Titans fans need to understand that that's okay this weekend. The Tennessee-Kentucky game, and we talked a little bit about this with Josh Ward on Thursday's episode, it really is styles make fights. Tennessee wants to go down the field. They want to attack Kentucky secondary. That secondary has been vulnerable and has been giving up some passing yards and, and opportunities and efficiency through the air. Mississippi State was able to capitalize on that in a win over Kentucky last weekend, and we know that's what Josh Heupel wants to do. On the flip side, Tennessee has not been good at stopping the run inside the conference, and we know Kentucky wants to lean heavily on its power rushing attack and that big, burly, nasty offensive line. So this is all about styles make fights here. Tennessee's defense has been up to the challenge by and large most of the season. They are going to be asked to do a lot of the heavy lifting. The offense we know can go down the field and take shots. Can they create some balance with a little rushing attack between the tackles against a very good Kentucky front seven? There is a reason this is a one, two-point spread in Vegas. It's two rivals. Tennessee is healthier than it's been all season coming off the bye week. Kentucky is pissed off for greatness after being upset by Mississippi State last weekend. It has all of the makings and all of the things of a fantastic game in the SEC East. And oh, by the way, the winner might finish second in the division. So not only is there history and backstory and talent and upside and excitement and quarterbacks and all this stuff, but there's actual stakes here for Tennessee and Kentucky. Should be one hell of a football game on Saturday. I like Tennessee to go up there and play extremely well. My question is, can they get a big stop if Kentucky can run the football? Can they get a big stop in the fourth quarter? If they can, like they did against Ole Miss, then I think Tennessee wins the game. If they cannot, and Will Levis is breaking tackles and making plays and the running game is working, then I think Kentucky wins. Nashville native and undefeated IBF super middleweight champion of the world, Caleb Plant, will put his title belt on the line on Saturday night in a unification bout with Canelo Alvarez. Plant is 21-0 with 12 knockouts in his career, and Alvarez is 56-1-2 with 38 knockouts. And if you've ever heard me talk about Plant, somebody I've been tracking for the better part of four or five years now, through his rise in boxing from Ashland City here in Middle Tennessee, then you know how much I love watching him fight. His style, his hands, his speed, his defense, his footwork, his showmanship, and even his backstory. It's all incredible. It's all there, and his love of Nashville makes him easy to root for. That said, a win this weekend would be a monstrous upset and would put Nashville directly into the worldwide boxing spotlight because Alvarez is a heavy favorite at minus 900 to win the fight on the money line and an Alvarez win by TKO is the most likely outcome according to Vegas at plus 120. Alvarez is also ranked by Ring Magazine and ESPN as pound for pound the best fighter in the world. I have no clue if Plant can hang with such an extremely talented and decorated fighter like Alvarez, whose only loss came to Floyd Mayweather. But Plant certainly thinks he can, and that's really why we watch boxing. For someone like this to shock the world. 
It won't be Fury and Wilder epic, but with all four middleweight belts hanging in the balance, an upset by sweet hands or even just a full 12-round fight that's close would be absolutely epic. And a close fight would also all but assure a second meeting to come as well. Win or lose, Caleb Plant is someone that Nashville should be proud of and should support. His fight will likely get started around 10 p.m. on Saturday night, live from Las Vegas. Decision Day, the final day of the MLS season, is Sunday, and Nashville SC will play at home against the New York Red Bulls in a critical three-point match that could determine second place in the Eastern Conference standings. It's a huge game. So why would I spend any time previewing the match when I can let the captain, Dax McCarty, preview the game for you? You guys know the Red Bull way. It's it's high energy, high pace, frenetic chaotic, uh, you know, duels and tackles and headers and 50-50 balls and kind of everything where, you know, Red Bull, the way that they train is they, they train short, they train intense, they train sharp, and they, they want to create havoc. That's kind of the general Red Bull philosophy is to create havoc on the field and then be better than the other team at adjusting to that. So we didn't adjust to it well. Uh, we conceded uh, our, the first goal that we conceded, uh, if I remember correctly, was like a long direct ball into our box. It was a knockdown, uh, an unbelievable finish. But up until that point, we were very much in the game. Mm-hmm. And we were very much giving them as much as they gave us. And so, you know, with them, it's very much a, a case of, you know, who when's the dam going to break first and who is it going to break for? You know, if you score first against them, you can control the pace of the game a little bit better, right? You can play a little bit more directly. You can use uh, guys like CJ Sapong and, and you know, guys like Hani and Yonder and, and, you know, Ake Loba, guys who are good at holding onto the ball. You need to play through them because if you try to play, you know, short one, two touch passes through the midfield, that's what they that's what they live for. There you have it, a little revenge, critical points on the line, a huge final day in the MLS regular season as Nashville tries to win home field advantage for not one, but two rounds of the playoffs. Let's see if they can get those three points in what should be, as Dax described it, a frenetic and exciting pace on Sunday. And if you'd like to hear the rest of an incredible interview with the captain, with the guys, Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan, go check out the Club and Country podcast. Those guys drop in bonus episodes all the time with surprise guests and all kinds of cool stuff as we enter the MLS Cup playoffs and decision day on Sunday. So go check out the entire conversation with the captain on the Club and Country podcast feed everywhere podcasts are found. Elsewhere, the Nashville Predators have two big games this weekend. They will be in Vancouver on Friday evening as they continue their Western Canadian swing, and then we'll head back into the Central Time Zone to take on Chicago on Sunday. The Blackhawks, of course, reeling from one of the worst scandals in sports today. The Nashville Predators enter the weekend at 5-5 five and five after losing on Wednesday to Edmonton, but UC Saros is red hot, as is Matt Duchesne. However, they will be without Philip Forsberg, as we've talked about, and if you'd like to know more about the Philip Forsberg injury situation, the contract negotiations, and the trade status for Forsberg and the future of the organization, make sure you tune in to the Gold Standard Podcast out every single Thursday with Adam Bingen and myself. We talked about Terry Crisp, Pecorino, and a whole lot more on this week's episode. Rate, review, and subscribe. Additionally, John ja Morant and the Grizzlies are on the road against the Wizards on Friday, 6 p.m. tip-off. They are 5-3 and three on the season, and they have won a lot of big games in the Western Conference already. Two over the Nuggets and beaten Golden State as well. John ja Morant is on an absolute tear, so keep an eye on the Grizzlies. Again, only one game this weekend at Washington, 6 p.m. on Friday evening. Of course, special thanks to the Kingston Group for bringing you this podcast every single morning for free. They are Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm, and they can be found at buildkg.com. Why do anything major on your house, spend a ton of money on your house, 
without having a conversation with a trusted professional who's going to look out for your best interests. This is where the Kingston Group comes in. BuildKG.com is the website. Go talk to them. That's all I ask. All right, it's Friday, so it's time for Picks Against the Spread, and I have way too much money on too many games this weekend because I think I'm chasing as I'm a couple of games under 500 for the season. But here we go. And I'm focused heavily on the big games. Give me Auburn plus the four and a half against Texas A&M. Auburn has won four straight in College Station, and I think this game is going to be extremely close. So give me the Auburn Tigers plus the four and a half. Florida minus 18 and a half. I think they also have a lot to prove and a lot to play for. Dan Mullen has a lot to coach for, and South Carolina is atrocious, so Florida minus the 18.5. Give me both Oregon schools. Oregon State minus 10.5 at Colorado. The Buffaloes are terrible. And Oregon minus 7 against the Washington Huskies. Washington cannot score at all. Oklahoma State minus 2.5 against West Virginia. They are playing for a chance to get into the Big 12 championship game, as is Baylor. So give me the Bears minus 7 at TCU. So I like a couple of favorites there in the Big 12. Uh, Give me Wake Forest plus 2.5 on the road against North Carolina outright to pull the upset. I like the Deeks, the top 10 team, playing really good football right now. And give me Ohio State minus 14.5 on the road against Nebraska. Also on a mission to prove that they belong in the college football playoff. So there you go. Way too many picks against the spread this weekend. Watch some soccer, watch some basketball, watch some football, watch some hockey. You got it all this weekend. And make sure you watch some boxing too. The Sports Equinox is upon us. So enjoy your weekend. Have a great time. Have a cocktail. Kick your heels up. Thank you all for listening. My name is Braden Gall, and this has been the 444 Friday, November 5th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.